the year gone by, the last day of the year today, has been a year of misery, pain, and that is what is said. But is it really so? As a matter of fact, I feel that 2020 has taught us many lessons. Most important, be human. We have learned the joys of thrift, the beauty of austerity, and need of human touch. Can anything be better for human beings? They say death is a great leveler, but hasn't the virus become the greatest, biggest leveler that we see in action? And it doesn't care about race, color, caste, nation, gender. All humans are fair game, but are we going to keep it in our remembrance in the times to come? Or would it be that this is a temporary thing which we'll forget the next time? In this period, starting with January in China, February, March in the other parts of the world, whenever lockdown was lifted, People crawled out with exhausted bodies and ravaged minds. And then I remember reading that the Bombay Plague of 1896 was in itself combining all the horrors of an epidemic, personal courage, <coughs> scientific achievement, resistance to the autocratic measures of a foreign ruling power in India, nationalism and assassination. And after the terrible outbreak, except for the Spanish flu, it was a distant memory in India and in most of the world. And as the medical science steadily advanced, of course, it removed greater pain, but then we saw new diseases, both big and small, which have troubled human beings like us. There might be AIDS, there might be Ebola, and the AIDS emerged as the greatest epidemiological catastrophe. But then nobody knew at that time that the catastrophe bigger than AIDS is in the offing. News came early this year, in January, exactly 11 years back, of a strange illness in China which threatens to be worse than AIDS. AIDS needed some kind of a contact. The new disease jumped from one human to another without any contact, a cough, a sneeze, and just talking could transmit the virus. We saw the pictures of the ghost cities in China with empty roads and eerie silence, little knowing that the empty roads would become our everyday experience. 
and we became witnesses to the swiftness of his mad rush around the globe. It was ruthless. It was inescapable. A really formative admiry. But strangely does the human mind reject the idea of its weakness, its vulnerability. We still hope that coronavirus, as we named it, would by some miracle ignore us. It did not. It came to every country. And it was a lockdown that really brought home the horror of the situation. As a matter of fact, isolated in our homes, not seeing a human face for the days together. By human face I mean next to your family, apart from your family, that of course was there. Struggling with the daily chores, this was a nightmare we could never have envisaged in the 20th or the 21st century, not even the 19th century. And then fear was lapping at the edges of our lives. Of course, the loss of everything we had taken for granted. But worst of all was the thoughts of death without any dignity. And whenever there was a letdown in restrictions, and sometimes even in violation of restrictions, we knew that the ordeal was not over. It's not over today. And the doctors were doing like the old hacks of the past, trying one thing, anything, everything. Vaccine was the hope, like manna dropping from heaven to protect the Israelites on their march, and it dropped. But is it really manna? I don't know. Nobody knows. Even the scientists don't know. There have been complaints of the reaction. In the absence of all the hope, three measures were our hope. Wear a mask, keep social distance, wash your hands. Easy and simple enough. But the people went around without masks. I wonder, don't they care about life, about survival? I remember the story of Buddha telling his disciple Ananda, what would you love to the most that will be taken away from you? Was it that we love most? Children, parents, partners, yes we love them. But most of all important, we loved life, life as we were living. And that was missing. So do people behave? As if it doesn't matter, going to the weddings, going to the social events, to the beach, attending parties, political rallies. Did this matter more than physical life? That was a question ravaging us and we didn't know the answer. But we have learned from this terrible time, as I said earlier, great thing. It has been a great teacher. And if we imbibe these lessons in our everyday life, we'll definitely be better human beings, enhancing our horizons of 
knowledge as human beings. We have learnt how much we can do without, how much we really need and what we have and what we really need, how much is the gap in there. All this clutter, material, physical, is it really needed? We have learned the joys of thrift and we have learned the lesson that being spendthrift is no panacea and is no way to happiness. As a matter of fact, if we are thrifty, if we are able to do with a little, we might be more happy because both the physical and the mental clutter would not be there. And isn't that something really worth learning? And the lesson we learn, the beauty of austerity, ostentation, show off have no meaning. People working from the home might be well-dressed above the waist, but they might be wearing sweatpants underneath. But does it matter? And then it translates in the reality that you go out dressed casually. The formalities, the bindings are over. And then we learn one of the biggest lessons that we can never learn the need of human company. What we need is human touch. You see, in this life, in this world, at the fast pace that we are living, we don't touch each other even. The joy of clasping hands, the joy of touching, the joy of the sensation passing from one body to another, they are just things which you might enjoy on cellulite, in movies, in theatre, or when we are very young. But this basic human need of touching, of transmitting sensation through our touch, we were missing. And this pandemic has brought that back watching people frantically trying to get home from wherever they are. We have relearned the message of home. Home is our sucker, our saviour. As a wounded animal goes to its den or lie to protect itself. We as human beings, he had forgot, we had forgotten that the roof of the home, where our dear and near ones are living, that is our real refuge. And it was very visible. For example, in India, hundreds and thousands of the migrant workers made a rush for home. Some are making hundreds of miles. Many dies before they reach home. But the desire to go home, the desire to be safe under your roof, showed the basic human need. We discovered how the women who helped us at home 
lightened ourselves. Our tasks were reduced, and these women allowed us to do other things. We started appreciating their work. I know there has been a pandemic of the domestic violence as well, but there has been a pandemic of human love as well, sharing. When the husbands, typically male chauvinistic pigs, started helping their wives in the household work, there was a real, real sharing. And that sharing led to the discovery of the human values. Could for anything be better? And for this lesson alone, I welcome coronavirus. I would say that when any incident revives in you the human values, which we either forget or we ignore, then it's not a virus, then it is something benign, it's not malignant. Yes, people have died, but looking at the number of the people who have died, less than 2%, if these 2% who have died have been compensated by the discovery of a human need, and their human capabilities, then the game has been worth a candle. It has not been a total disaster and a total loss. People have learned another lesson that the authoritarian regimes have got to be resisted. For the first time we have learned another lesson. All things are connected. For the first time the whole world has been united united in pain and suffering, united in fear, united in grief, fear of the virus, grief at the deaths. But the demand for the vaccine tells us, really, rich nations are even now buying more than they need. Scientists are above pettiness, but politicians are not. They are as petty as they ever were. But one thing more, The cloak of selfishness has fallen and the real face of the human beings, that of liberalism, that of humanism, has emerged. As I said, virus remains a great level. It doesn't care about colour and everything. We are human beings. But then the question arises, Will we always remember the lessons taught by the coronavirus? Would this be a brief revival and then these human values be consigned to closets? It's not very likely. Let's not forget. We have been given the gift of amnesia. We forget things. But burdened as we are with the knowledge of our own mortality, maybe this forgetfulness might work that we forget the terror caused by coronavirus, but 
the human values awakened by it may not have been forgotten. They might still be there, dormant possibly, but always stirring our souls. So the best thing it has taught us is that we are human, each one of us, caste, color, nation. There are obstacles, checks, barriers created to divide us. Shall I say coronavirus is a great uniter? It has united human beings as they have never been united before. The fear of the virus made the best come out of the human beings and made them what they are, human. This might be the first step towards being great human beings. But then this is really an important step insofar as it makes us what we should be. Here there has been a merging of what ought to be and what has happened. So for all the pain and misery, year 2020, the year that is going by, has been a great teacher. It has made us become human. It has made us become real, sensible, sensitive, beings uncluttered with the materialistic values and swayed by the fraternal values that bind us to nature, that bind us to each other. Welcome coronavirus for the short visit. Of course, nobody is welcome for a long time, nor are you coronavirus, nor was 2020 and we bid good goodbye to 2020. Thanking 2020 and coronavirus for revealing to us the beauty of the human nature. Thank you.